Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 61 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. He was visited while in Boston by many who showed him uncommon respect and appeared highly pleased and entertained with his conversation. Beside being honored with the company and respect of ministers of the town, he was visited by several ministers from various parts of the country. He took all opportunities to discourse on the peculiar nature and distinguishing characteristics of true, spiritual, and vital religion, and to bear his testimony against the various false appearances of it, consisting in or arising from impressions on the imagination, sudden and supposed immediate suggestions of truth not contained in the scripture, and that faith which consists primarily in a person's believing that Christ died for him in particular, etc. What he said was, for the most part, heard with uncommon attention and regard, and his discourses and reasonings appeared manifestly to have great weight and influence with many with whom he conversed, both ministers and others. The Commissioners in Boston of the Society in London for Propagating the Gospel in New England and Parts Adjacent, having received a legacy of the late Reverend Dr. Daniel Williams of London for the support of two missionaries to the heathen, were pleased, while he was in Boston, to consult him about a mission to those Indians called the Six Nations, particularly respecting the qualifications requisite in a missionary to those Indians. They were so satisfied with his sentiments on this head and had such confidence in his faithfulness, his judgment, and discretion in things of this nature that they desired him to undertake to find and recommend two persons fit to be employed in this business and very much left the matter with him. Brainerd's restoration from his extremely low state in Boston so as to go abroad again and to travel, was very unexpected to him and his friends. My daughter, who was with him, writes thus concerning him in a letter dated June 23. On Thursday, he was very ill with a violent fever and extreme pain in his head and breast, and it turns delirious. So he remained till Saturday evening when he seemed to be in the agonies of death. The family was up with him till one or two o'clock, expecting that every hour would be his last. On Sabbath day, he was a little revived. His head was better, but he was very full of pain, exceeding sore at his breast and had great difficulty in breathing. Yesterday he was better, Last night he slept but little. This morning he was much worse. Dr. Pynchon says he has no hope of his life, nor does he think it likely 
that he will ever come out of the chamber, though he says he may be able to come to Northampton. In another letter, dated June 29, she says, Mr. Brainerd has not so much pain nor fever since I last wrote, as before, yet he is extremely weak and low and very faint, expecting every day will be his last. He says it is impossible for him to live, for he has hardly vigor enough to draw his breath. I went this morning into town, and when I came home, Mr. Bromfield said he never expected I should see him alive, for he lay two hours, as they thought, dying. One could scarcely tell whether he was alive or not. He was not able to speak for some time, but now is much as he was before. The doctor thinks he will drop away in such a turn. Mr. Brainerd says he never felt anything so much like dissolution as that he felt today, and says he never had any conception of its being possible for any creature to be alive and yet so weak as he is from day to day. Dr. Pynchon says he should not be surprised if he should so recover as to live half a year, nor would it surprise him if he should die in half a day. Since I began to write, he is not so well, having had a faint turn again, yet he is patient and resigned, having no distressing fears, but the contrary. He expressed himself to one of my neighbors who at that time saw him in Boston, that he was as certainly a dead man as if he was shot through the heart. But so it was ordered in divine providence that the strength of nature held out and he revived to the astonishment of all who knew his case. After he began to revive, he was visited by his youngest brother, Israel, a student at Yale College, who, having heard of his extreme illness, went from thence to Boston in order to see him, if he might find him alive, which he but little expected. Brainerd greatly rejoiced to see his brother, especially because he had desired an opportunity of some religious conversation with him before he died. But this meeting was attended with sorrow, as his brother brought to him the tidings of his sister Spencer's death at Haddam, a sister between whom and him had long subsisted a peculiarly dear affection and much intimacy in spiritual things, and whose house he used to make his own when he went to Haddam, his native place. But he had a confidence of her being gone to heaven and an expectation of soon meeting her there. His brother continued with him till he left the town and came with him from thence to Northampton. Concerning the last Sabbath Brainerd spent in Boston, he writes in his diary as follows. Lord's Day, July 19. I was just able to attend public worship 
being carried to the house of God in a chaise. Heard Dr. Sewell preach in the forenoon. Partook of the Lord's Supper at this time. In this ordinance I saw astonishing divine wisdom displayed, such wisdom as clearly required the tongues of angels and glorified saints to celebrate. It seemed to me that I never should do anything at adoring the infinite wisdom of God, discovered in the contrivance of man's redemption, until I arrived at a world of perfection. Yet, I could not help striving to call upon my soul and all within me to bless the name of God. In the afternoon, heard Mr. Prince preach. I saw more of God in the wisdom discovered in the plan of man's redemption than I saw of any other of his perfections through the whole day. The next day, having bid an affectionate farewell to his friends, he set out in the cool of the afternoon on his journey to Northampton, attended by his brother and my daughter, who went with him to Boston and would have been accompanied out of the town by a number of gentlemen, besides the respected person who gave him his company for some miles on that occasion, as a testimony of their esteem and respect, had not his aversion to anything of pomp and show prevented it. July 25. I arrived here at Northampton, having set out from Boston on Monday about 4 o'clock p.m. In this journey, I usually rode about 16 miles a day, was sometimes extremely tired and faint on the road so that it seemed impossible for me to proceed any further. At other times, I was considerably better and felt some freedom both of body and mind. Lord's Day, July 26. This day, I saw clearly that I should never be happy, yea, that God himself could not make me happy unless I could be in a capacity to please and glorify him forever. Take away this and admit me in all the fine heavens that can be conceived of by men or angels, and I should still be miserable forever. Though he had so revived as to be able to travel thus far, yet he manifested no expectation of recovery. He supposed, as his physician did, that his being brought so near to death at Boston was owing to the breaking of ulcers in his lungs. He told me that he had several such ill terms before, only not to so high a degree, but as he supposed owing to the same cause, viz., the breaking of ulcers, that he was brought lower and lower every time, that it appeared to him that in his last sickness he was brought as low as he could be and yet live, and that he had not the least expectation of surviving the next return of this breaking of ulcers he still appeared perfectly calm in the prospect of death. On Wednesday morning, the week after he came to Northampton, 
his brother Israel, left us for New Haven, and he took leave of him, never expecting to see him again in this world. When Brainerd came hither, he had so much strength as to be able, from day to day, to ride out two or three miles, and sometimes to pray in the family. But from this time, he gradually decayed, becoming weaker and weaker. As long as he lived, he spoke much of that future prosperity of Zion, which is so often foretold and promised in the scriptures. It was a theme upon which he delighted to dwell, and his mind seemed to be carried forth with earnest concern about it and intense desires that religion might speedily and abundantly revive and flourish. Yea, the nearer death advanced, and the more the symptoms of its approach increased, still the more did his mind seem to be taken up with this subject. This concludes episode 61 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.